Awesome. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for being here. Thank you for always being here. Great is your faithfulness. Your mercies are new every morning. Lord, thank you for how how big you are, how huge you are, and how you have come down to us to be with us. You brought us to yourself on eagle's wings that we might also be where you are. What an awesome gospel. What an awesome new covenant. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You in Christ, now hidden in the Son of God, inside of God himself, seated with him in heavenly places. Lord, thank you for this awesome work, a work that only you could do. As Jesus said, if I be lifted up between heaven and earth, I will draw all men unto myself. What a mystery. What a work. And he who believes on this Christ enters into rest and ceases from his own works, even as God did cease from his own work and entered his own rest. And he calls us to enter his rest for he has done all things well. Lord, thank you for this reality. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that teaches us. Thank you, Father, for this awesome reality. We stand in this grace with the hope of the glory of God with peace peace of God and peace with God through Jesus himself the son of the living God Amen There was a moment on this trip that there was a full moon we had a full moon where we we were did you guys have a full moon? There was a full moon over the lake, and I was looking over the lake, and um, the clouds parted a little bit, you know, and you saw the full moon and glistening over the lake, and um, really heard the Lord speak, and it was so cool. It was like, uh, it's a verse that in Jeremiah 33, 3, one of my favorite verses that really got me as a 10-year-old believer moving from legalism and law uh, to understanding grace. It's that verse, Jeremiah 33, 3, that says, Call to me, call to me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. Call to me, he says. The Lord says, call to me. And I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. I want to share this morning some thoughts on some things that I'm calling on the Lord about to see more of, 
these great and mighty things. I think sometimes we, um, it's, so, it's so easy to just be, our, our calling on God is it's so easy to be like uh, calling on him for a job or calling on him for our immediate needs or whatever. And those are very important things to the Lord, very important things. He healed the sick. He brought bread. He multiplied fish. He took care of needs. He's, he's all about that. But there are the deep things of God. Scripture says, the Spirit has been given us to show us the deep things of God. And these deep things are not just cool. They are for our life. They are our foundation. Jesus said, I have many things to tell you, but you can't hear it. You can't bear it now. Many things, awesome things, things that are beyond the human natural mind to grasp. But when the Spirit comes... He will open your mind to these things of God, these deep things of God. For the Spirit, Scripture says, has been given to us to show us the deep things of God. So what, what, I'm, what I feel in my spirit is that if we would um, like take, a, take a step back and say, wait a minute, when's the last time I called on the Lord? To show me great and mighty things about himself. It may very well be, and I think it is, the answer to all our questions. There's a, sometimes we have, we've all heard the Lord's parable about the man who built his house on a rock. And he built it on this rock. That's the rock that's underground. He built his house here, and the winds and the rain come, and it stands because it's built on a rock. And the man who builds his house on sand, and the wind and the rain comes, and it falls down because the wind and the rain and the storms will come on all of us. In the world, we shall have tribulation and trouble, but we can be of good cheer because we're built on the rock. But I think sometimes we, in our prayers, we're asking the Lord for things um, that go like this, like this deep. You know, like, like we're asking for things, but, but he wants to show us this. You see what I'm saying? Because it's already there in him. But he said, call to me. And I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. It's there, but we know not, like we, like we can know. One translation says, call to me, and I will answer you, and show you great and unsearchable hidden things that you know not. Meaning, it's, as Paul said, the unsearchable riches of Christ. It's like it's inexhaustible, inexhaustible, inexhaustible. So when the Spirit shows us these great, mighty things of God, the wind and the rain and the storm don't have a chance. I mean, think about That's what he's saying here. Um, it's our foundation. So there's four things that, that 
that I've been pondering, I've been asking the Lord to show me more of. And I want to share those four things with you and um, maybe encourage us to, to call on him individually. Because the thing about God is I can describe to you, you know, a beach, the white sand, the blue water. I can describe it with words and tell you about it. But you will not really enjoy it until you go there. And then you'll say, you didn't, say, you didn't tell me half. You know, you didn't really, your words, your pictures, your photographs, your photo album, your videos did not do this place justice. That's the way it is with God. Each individual must receive from the Spirit the revelation from Him personally. We can, we can speak, encourage, and teach, and all that. The Spirit is given to do those things to encourage the body. But I, I cannot call on the Lord for you, and you cannot call on the Lord for me for revelation of the great and the mighty things. That's what I'm saying. So I guess what I'm, what, what I'm feeling in my spirit is I'm thirsting for more of him to see the awesomeness. And, and as the spirit causes you to thirst, you too will call and we will call together. We will call on him and he will answer and show or reveal great and mighty things. The first thing that comes to mind is the whole, this number one, the number one thing that comes to mind that is so great and so mighty has to do with the love of God. The love of God. It's impossible for us to really grasp the height, the width, the breadth, the depth of the love of God if we still have in our thinking this wrong teaching that's out there in the body of Christ that he counts our sins against us, against the believer. It's key. It's not just getting... 1 John 1, 9, right? It's not just understanding what 1 John 1, 9 is talking about. This is key. Hereby we now perceive the love of God and that he gave himself for us. Saints, I'm telling you, the Spirit must show the depths of this love so that you and I never, ever have the doubt or thought that he's counting our sins against us again. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. Behold, in this new covenant, I'll remember your sins no more. I'll be merciful to all your iniquities. This is the depths of the love of God. And I'm telling you right now, saints, those who do not believe this, who do not teach this, who still believe 
that 1 John 1, 1.9 teaches to the believer that they need to confess their sins daily in order to get those sins cleansed or forgiven so they can stay in fellowship with this God. They do not know the love of God. And that is why when I share this simple truth with people, they'll be like tears and they'll say, you know, I've always known God loves other people, but I never thought he loved me like that. And it breaks through. And it's instant joy. It's the gospel. It's the gospel. It's the good news. This thing about sin being counted against the believer and the love of God is inseparable. You cannot, you cannot reach the depths of the revelation of the great love of God. If you still believe and see, if you have this era in your mind, truth sets free, era binds. If you still have in your thinking that I've got to somehow get cleansed again and get back right with God again when I sin, when I stumble, when I fall as a believer, if you still have that, you will be hindered from an opening of a revelation of the great love of God. It's huge, and it's, and it's dear to his heart. If I be lifted up between heaven and earth, I will draw all men unto myself. For God was in Christ, reconciling the whole world to himself, not counting their sins against them anymore. It is the gospel. It is the gospel, and the gospel is the power of God. It opens the human spirit to the love of God. And the, script, and the scripture says when you have your spirit opened up to the love of God, for the Holy Spirit has been given to the believer to shed abroad in our hearts the love of God, when that revelation comes without hindrance and we see the height and the width and the breadth and the depth of the love of God, Paul says you will experience a fullness of God within you Walking in the Spirit becomes easy. It's God's way. It's His wisdom. The gospel is the wisdom of God and the power of God. When I hear teaching out there that says stuff like delayed obedience is disobedience. And I know exactly where that came from too. Delayed obedience is disobedience. It's a true statement. The problem with it is that it is not the focus. You teach stuff like that, then you tell me, you're telling me what your focus is, and it's off. Listen, if God, God is not counting your disobedience, is he focused on it? He's not considering in this new covenant, I am not considering your disobedience. So he's not focused on it. What is he focused on? He is focused, as Paul told us, on the obedience of one Christ Jesus. By one act of obedience, he forever took away the sin of the world. His focus is on his son, not our performance. And of course, obedience follows the Spirit. 
That's why Paul never said obey. He already ever, Paul never hardly ever used the word obey or obedience unless he was talking about Christ. Christ obeying. Why? Paul said things like walk in the Spirit, follow the Spirit, be led by the Spirit. Because when we see the focus is on Christ and His work, the Spirit of life bears fruit in us. And we find ourselves walking obediently, but it's not a focus on walking obediently. But you start talking about delayed obedience is disobedience, and you're putting people in bondage. And I'm telling you, it may take 20 years, but they will burn out. They will burn out because it's it's an impossible standard. It's an impossible way to live. I mean, what do you mean? Instant obedience when God says, do this, do this, do this. It, 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 It leads to absurdity. I know the person who teaches this, and she, would, she sometimes won't leave a car until she hears God say, okay, now you can leave the car. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And a lot of teachers have adopted her teaching, and it's widespread in the body of Christ, and it's not of God. It's not of Christ. It's not a freedom. It's not a liberty. It's so, it's bondage, and it's like, oh, I can't do this until God tells me to do this. Oh, I can't, oh, no, does he want me to have wheat bread or white bread? Does he want me to, no, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Jesus said you can eat all of the trees in the garden. I don't care, I made them all for you. Enjoy, walk in liberty, just don't eat of that tree. The tree that focuses on your nakedness. The tree that puts it back in your hands, the knowledge of good and evil, the tree, that t- the tree that puts it all back in your hands, don't eat of that tree. The tree that says, if you know right and wrong, you can do this, you can pull this off. No, don't eat of that tree. But the tree of life and all others are yours. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. So the first thing, the first thing is the love of God, the great and mighty love of God. The Spirit must open our eyes and ask him these things and he will link he will link it with the death of his son he will link it for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son hereby now we perceive the love of god and that he gave himself for us he will link it to the removal of sin because that's where we are that's where we live we live in sin we're born in sin we struggle with sin we hate sin we you know he comes right down to where we are And says, I took it away. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away, not just covers, the sin of the world. The great and mighty, a great and mighty thing. A great and mighty thing. Let the Spirit show us how deep and powerful this is. Secondly, secondly, do you realize most of what Paul taught and how he taught was all about how you and I have already died? His, the meat of Paul's gospel is all about how you and I have already died and been raised. For we were crucified with Christ, Paul said. Raised in Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Great and mighty thing that God, God could count his son as me on a tree and slay his son and it be me that is 
killed, judged. And that he could raise a new me through his son on the third day. Great, mighty things. Religion can't touch this. Only the Spirit. I don't know how it works, but I, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. All things were made by His Word. He said it, and it was. We know that the, unvis- the invisible things were made by the... The uh, visible things were made by the invisible things, Hebrews says. We know that that which, is a, which appears was made by that which does not appear. The invisible created the visible, and now the visible speaks of the invisible. For the things of God are clearly seen and understood by the things which have been made. I don't know how it works, but there's a depth of revelation in this where the word that actually brought into being that which is seen became flesh. The word that made all things, the origin of all things, for all things were made by him and for him and through him, for him to come into the creation itself and then to die against the law of God, for he committed no sin, death against the law of God. What hidden wisdom is this, that the one who made all things would taste death when he was not supposed to taste death? This hidden mystery of how could this be? Is it possible that he who made all things came into our being, into our realm, and to taste death for us who, couldn't, who should not taste death, whom death could not hold? Would, would it, is it possible this is like a black hole kind of thing, that it reverses the invisible to the visible, that it actually the invisible coming into the visible, tasting death, pulls, I will draw all men unto me? Is it like a black hole that nothing can escape, it's sucking in everything that was created, And so when he comes out of the grave, a new creation, a whole new being, great and mighty things. I tell you, saints, it is so powerful. This revelation of what he did in Christ, Paul said, no, you're not. You died and you were raised again. For all things have been destroyed in his death. All things have it has been terminated as in, the, in Noah's ark. And a new thing has begun, has come forth. And now the creation itself moans for the manifestation of the sons of God that are already here now in the spirit walking in these weak earthen vessels. It's awesome. Great and mighty things that catapults us literally into this third thing that I want to talk about, that which is this, the whole thing of the, of the realm, the realm, the realm that is here now in the spirit. He has translated us, not when we die physically, it's already happened. The moment you're born of the spirit, the scripture says, he has translated us from the kingdom of this darkness on earth and to the kingdom of the beloved son we have stepped through the door which is Christ oh Jesus said I am the door he comes in and out he finds pasture he who comes through this door will live in two realms 
and eat and drink and find nourishment in my father's realm and go back and witness to this realm of the reality that others might believe. Parallel universe. Parallel universe. Parallel universe. Parallel universe. Side by side with the scene. Great and mighty things. You and I as a new creation live in two worlds at the same time. Even as Jesus did. We've been made like unto him. Great and mighty things. And the fourth thing is that all of this, all of this is sealed by covenant. By covenant. By a new covenant and a new priesthood. Do you realize the entire book of Hebrews is really all about getting the, the Jew to see that the covenant of Moses was just a shadow of the good thing to come and that the new covenant cut by the Son who is greater than Moses brings us literally beyond the veil in a new, with a new priesthood after the order of Melchizedek, the whole book of Hebrews focus. This is the main thing the writer says. I'm trying to get you to see a whole new priesthood. What does that mean? A priesthood whereby he offered himself up for all people, for all sin, for all time. A covenant not cut between you and God. That's how it was with Moses' covenant. It was between Israel and God. But a covenant cut between father and son. Between God and the man, Christ Jesus. Behold the man who cuts covenant for all men. As David slew Goliath and the entire nation of Israel benefited covenant, a covenant, a covenant, a covenant that does not include law at all. The very fact that we still argue in the church around the world about whether we're under law or not is ridiculous. It shows our immaturity. It shows our pathetic immaturity because we're, we're arguing about stuff that Paul is clearly explaining in his letters. Why? Because we're up here we're not seeing this. You see this. You see these great and mighty things in a, as we see them in an unfolding deeper and deeper way. The little things that we had questions about, it's like, well, of course, of course not. No, of course not. It's like they take care of themselves. All these other Questions. Great and mighty things. Great and mighty things. Call unto me. 
I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. When we step into heaven, saints, these great and mighty things are going to be vivid, 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 clear, vivid. We shall know all things as we are known. When when we step beyond this realm and see, not as through a glass darkly through these bodies and these brains, it will be, oh my God. faith then by sight let's, in, let's enjoy now by faith by the spirit opening our eyes to what he has done so we can encourage each other because we have received this awesome mercy we faint not and we should be awesome And we are awesome lighthouses to everybody around us to encourage and strengthen. No one should ever feel discouraged in our presence if we know this. That's why they were never discouraged in Jesus' presence. Even a woman caught in the very act of adultery about to get stoned to death under the law felt welcome in his presence. Great, mighty things. Lord, thank you for helping us see these things. I pray that you would draw us as the deer runs for the water. Draw us by the Spirit, Lord. Lead us to the deep things of God that we might enter ever deeper into Rest and intimacy and peace while the world is crumbling around us. While the world is crumbling around us in every way, arise and shine, my children, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Gross darkness shall cover the peoples of the earth, but you shall shine. And you who lead others to this righteousness, which is by faith, will shine as the stars forever. Oh, call, call to me, and I will answer you. I will answer you. 
I will answer you and reveal to you great and mighty things that you know not. I love you, beloved. I love you, beloved. I love you with an everlasting love. And with loving kindness, I have drawn you to myself. Fear not. I am with you. Amen.